There we go. Take your scriptures and turn with me to Romans 6. We'll be reading verses 1 through 12. Would you give ear to the reading of God's word? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you know not that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. And that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been unified together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, that the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, likewise alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We come to your word. We come to learn, Father, from you about us and about how we live our lives. Just minister, Father, to us and help us to understand your word and to take that word and apply it in our lives. For it is in Christ's name we ask. Amen. Dead to sin and alive to God. That's where we are. What shall we say then? What do we say about that? How do we handle that? Shall we continue in sin then just so we can enjoy our sin since we are alive in Christ now? That's what's called presumption, and that's a very dangerous thing. We never presume on God. If we do, we make mistakes. Most of the time in our lives when we presume about something, we we make mistakes anyway, don't we? Presumptions just aren't very solid things to hold on to, so let's don't presume on God. So we should not presume that is a very dangerous thing for us to do how shall we who died to sin now turn around and live to christ how are we going to do that that's the big sixty-four thousand dollar question isn't it you make your faith and trust in christ and in christ alone and then you go out and you try to walk for christ and what do you do you stumble and fall often but what we need to do is recognize that that was something that was going to happen. It's going to happen to us. So what do we need to do? We need to be in God's word. We need to be studying his word to know and understand how we handle these situations. And when we do stumble and fall in sin, it's simple. The scripture tells us, repent. If you will repent, he will be faithful and just, and he will forgive you. He'll cleanse you, and you can continue your walk 
as though that never happened. Do you understand that many of us, as we were baptized into Christ, were baptized by his death. We were dead into his death. That's the whole picture. Now, don't get misunderstanding what some do, as some do, when they talk about baptism being going under the water and coming up alive. That's just a picture. What it means to be baptized is to be given over to Christ. You're giving your life to him. You're making an outward statement by your baptism of what's actually going on in your heart. You say, I now believe and trust in Christ. So we say, okay, have you shown that to the rest of the world? Have you been baptized? Have you gone out and been a witness for Christ? That's the whole purpose of baptism is to cleanse you so you can go out and talk to people about Jesus Christ, to help them to learn and grow. We were buried with him. We were buried with him through death, through our death, in, 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 through his death. I'm sorry, I get it right in a minute. Through his death, because we have said, we have seen Jesus Christ, we have seen the perfect life he lived, we have seen what he gave us in that perfect life was his, his executing those things that we could never do in our own lives. We can't live a perfect life. Anybody that thinks they can live a perfect life is in serious trouble. Because there's no way you can do it. But he also dies the atoning death for us. What does he do in that death? He gives himself on Calvary's cross. And as he's hanging on that cross, the terrors of hell descend on him. And just read that section where it talks about all the things that he said on the cross. And you get the idea of how what a terrible thing he endured in going to that cross. And he endured it for me and for you. He did this on our behalf. That's what we need to be recognizing. That's what we need to be remembering. When we go out and stumble stumble and fall into sin, we need to think, I'm not being a very good witness for my Lord. And I want to show him my love. So you go get up, you can confess your sin, you go repent of it, and you go continue following him in all that you do. That's the whole concept of this passage. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in newness of life. Remember Paul talks about the, the old life and the new life. We're to put off the old and put on the new. That's what this is talking about. Exactly. We are to to take what Christ has given us through his resurrection, through his death, through his ascension, through all of that. We're to take that and begin to, to use that in our lives to help us to walk that life as we should, to follow the word of God. We can't get into heaven but one way. We had this in Sunday school this morning. And we were talking about but the exclusiveness of the church. Well, do you understand what that means? We're exclusive. We are a very, very exclusive body. Now, in this world and day, you can get in trouble by saying you're exclusive because they don't want anything exclusive. Why? Because they want to do what they want to do. They don't want any restrictions on them of any kind. But we say you've got to believe and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
And when you come to him, it's not coming partially to him. We talked about compromise in Sunday school also. You never can compromise the truth. Why? Because the truth is the truth. It can't be compromised or else it's no truth anymore. You can't, you can't take a glass of water and pour some tea in it and say it's pure water. That's what we do when we try to compromise the truth. So we're pouring something else in and calling it the truth when it's really not. So we have to be very careful about that. Now, if we have been united together in the likeness of his Christ's death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Christ came to the cross to carry our sins. Our sins were upon his shoulder. He didn't have any sin. He, he could walk down from that cross anytime he wanted to. He couldn't hold him. He stayed there voluntarily on our behalf. He took the punishment of our sin upon himself. He took that punishment and he paid the price that you could never pay for your sin. Isn't that wonderful? That Christ came and gave himself for us. He took the horrors of hell upon himself so that we don't have to experience those horrors of hell. He defeated death through overcoming off of that cross, having paid the price for all sin. He defeated death. Death no longer has power over us. It's nothing, as Paul says, but a shadow. We pass through that shadow from this world into the next. You understand, death is instantaneous. Now, I realize there can be a long process leading up to death, but you're still alive until you're dead. And once you're dead, you're no longer alive. It's instantaneous. It comes, and that's it. And we need to remember that. It's important that we remember that. Why? So that we can be prepared, so that we can be searching our hearts every day. We can be coming before God every day in prayer. Asking God to help us. I've kind of lost my line of thought there. But you get the picture. Death comes and that's it. We need to be prepared for that moment that death comes. How do we do that? By searching our own hearts. By following the word in our own lives. To the best of our ability and repenting when we don't do it right. We are united together in the likeness of his death. We're being made into the image of Christ. When we put off the old and put on the new self, what we're doing is being made more and more like Christ. That's very important. That's what we need to be working at constantly, that we do that. Uh, and what does that give us? If we are doing these things, what it does is it prepares us for the resurrection. It prepares us for that moment that we'll be caught up, taken into heaven with God. And what happens when we see him? We're made like him. We are no longer sinful. Our sin is washed away. And this is the one thing I look forward to. No sin can ever touch me again at that point. Sin can't tempt me. It can't do anything to me. I'm going to have the perfect body that Christ has. I'm going to have the perfect spirit that Christ has. Plus, 
I'm going to have the Holy Spirit living in me for eternity. He's going to be with me forever. Helping me all the time. And so when I come to worship God, my worship is going to be perfect because the Spirit is there helping me make that perfect worship. And so we've got a lot to look forward to when we get there. Now, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, and I don't expect anybody else to tell you they know exactly what's going to happen in heaven. What Corinthians tells us is that that it's going to be something that we have never imagined, something we have never thought about, something we have never contemplated at all. It's going to be, so think of the best thing you can think of, throw it away, because it's going to be better than that. I mean, that's going to be nothing compared to what it's going to be in heaven. Because we're going to be made in the likeness of Christ. Knowing that this, that, that this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. And that's just what we're talking about. You're not going to be a slave to sin. No longer can sin have any pull on you. And like I said, that's the one thing I'm looking forward to more than anything, because I'm tired of fighting sin. And I have to fight it just like you do every day. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Christ came off that cross with your pardon written on his heart. You are now free from sin. Now that doesn't mean you're not going to give in to it. It's still out there to tempt you, but it can't put you in slavery anymore. As long as you come trusting in Jesus Christ, that sin can be dealt with and can be done away with. And Christ will do it for you because he loves you. He came to give his life for you. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And here's the wonderful thing of the Christian life. You're no longer alone. I don't care if they take you and, and put you in a well 100 feet deep and cut a top on top of it. And you can't see anything or anybody. You can pray to God. He is still there with you. And he will be with you anywhere. Whether they put you in prison or put you on the gallows, God's going to be with you right there. So you're living in Christ. And to give your life for Christ and for the truth of his word is the greatest thing you can now do. And I don't know, I wouldn't dare ask how many people think they're ready for that because there'd be some that lied and some that held back that shouldn't hold back. Because we can't, it, feelings aren't what we're looking for here. Fear is not what we're looking for here. You think about some of those things, and they're fearful things to think about. What will I do when the truck pulls up out here and a bunch of gunmen come out and say, if you're a Christian, we're going to shoot you? Who's going to have the courage to say, yes, I'm a Christian? So we need to really be preparing ourselves for those thoughts. And, 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 and I pray that that won't happen in our lifetime. But... If it does, we need to be ready. That's the key, is to be ready to move and do what God has called us to do. We know Christ has been raised from the dead, and he dies no more. 
because death no longer has dominion over him. Christ died. He died for your sins. He was raised and went to heaven to sit at the Father's right hand to intercede for you, to tell you about what's going on in the world, to show you how to live your life, to help guide you into that life relationship with him. That's important that we understand. We need that relationship. We need to hold on to it with tenaciousness. For the dead, death, that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. So how is our lives to be lived? They're to be lived to God also. If we're in the image of Jesus Christ, we need to be living to God. We need to be testifying of the wonder and grace of God in our lives. You know, I've told you before, the most, the, 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 the simplest witness you can have is simply to tell people what Jesus Christ means to you, what he has done for you. Open your mouth and let them know, I believe and trust in Jesus Christ for my life. And that's a witness. And that's a good witness. That's exactly what he's calling us to do. To let people know, well, no, we believe and trust in Christ. We believe and trust in God. We're standing with God. And then if you get a response back from them, if it's a favorable response, you can continue to give them the gospel. If they get angry or belligerous about it, kick the dust of your feet off and move on to the next person. You've done what God called you to do. What did he call you to do? To be a witness for him. He didn't call you to take your Bible and beat people in the head with it. He didn't call you to throw them on the ground and tie them up and spend a week preaching to them. He told you to be a witness for him, to simply go up and tell people that you love Jesus Christ. And then then if the conversation leads you to tell them, why wonderful? Because he saved my soul. And he'll save yours too if you just listen. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. That's the heart of this whole message. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And it says reckon. That means that you recognize that you stand up and you understand I now am one of the children of God. He's done for me everything I need to stand at his right hand. And when we get to heaven, we'll be with Christ on that throne. And so we need to to understand what that means right now. That means we have totally committed ourselves to him in everything we do. And I'm here to tell you that's one of the hardest things in this world you're going to have to do. But you can do it because you've got the Holy Spirit to help you. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in all its lust. Did I read that right? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, but you should obey it in all your lust. Yes, I understand now. I lost my thought. We are to stand up, no matter what comes our way, and whatever it is, we're to stand in Christ. 
and in Christ alone. That's what all of this is pointing us to, is to be committed. The gospel is simple. Believe and trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, and you will be saved. If you try to bring the church into it, that's part of your salvation process. You're not there. You're not going to be saved doing that. It's exclusive, remember. It's believing and trusting Christ and Christ alone. So it's not the preacher you sit under. It's not the church you go to. It's not the television program you look at. It's in Christ and in Christ alone. And when you go into another church, you listen to the preaching. You make sure you hear that Christ and Christ alone is the Savior. And there's a lot of different ways to say that. Don't take just my words. There's a lot of different ways to show that. And that's what we need to be doing with ourselves wherever we go, is showing our trust in Christ and in Christ alone. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time around your word. We thank, of the, we thank you for the opportunity to share what you have given us through your word. And we ask, Father, that you would just open our ears and our eyes and help us to understand the truth of this gospel. That Jesus Christ sent into this world to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. And it is in him and him alone that we can find our happiness and our salvation. We thank you and praise you for this in Christ's name. Amen.